I want you to do me a favor. Yeah, sure. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. What? Let it out. I want you to hit me. Trust me. Come on. Come on. Stop trying to hit me and hit me. Hit me, baby, one more time. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to Hit Me One More Time, the Nostalgia Reflection Podcast, where we look at the things that we loved when we were younger and ask the question, is this good? I'm David Luzader, and with me, loyally as always, Nick Shermooksness. Nick, hello. Nick, 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 Nick. Uh, Nick yes, Nick, I'm so glad. Nick, 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 Nick. Now, Nick, even though you are a Pokemon, I keep you outside of your Pokeball for weird preferential treatment. Nick. Nick, Nick. I mean, there's Nick. part of me that wants you to keep this up for the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> Pokemon laugh, right? Like they don't just like laugh their name, like Nick. I have, a, I have a lot of questions about Pokemon anatomy that this movie brought up. Uh, largely, <laughs> why do they have tear ducts? But yeah, we're we're gonna get into not just tear ducts, but tear ducts that somehow float. It doesn't matter. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. We haven't even introduced our guest yet. Uh, before we do, though. I want to let people know about this because the, the way that I watched this movie was through a service. Uh, the way that I watched this movie is through a service called Hoopla, and I want to let more people know about Hoopla because it's a really cool service that I think people should know about. You know, when we say like, "Oh, I watched it for free on Netflix," but like you pay to watch stuff on Netflix. Hoopla, as long as you have a library card, uh, you can access Hoopla, and it's not like an amazing selection of movies. But there is like a decent selection of stuff on there, and I just want people to be aware of that. So I'm giving them like a free plug because, number one, support your local library. And number two, support your local library. That's basically what it comes down to. Now, Fair enough. Yes. Now we have our guest that we've got to bring in here. He is a, a film critic. He has written uh, across the internet, but he's also has his own podcast, Underrated. It is Derek McDuff. Derek, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm really excited to talk about this movie from my childhood. And uh, um, yeah, I won't give it too much away, but I'm I'm excited (laughs) to talk about it. Oh, I think we're both excited as well. Before we get too far into it, though, uh, what is Underrated about? So yeah, as the kind of title would suggest, it's a podcast where we talk about movies that are underrated or ones that are under the radar or like cult stuff, stuff basically that more people should see. Um, So, you know, we're kind of, uh, we go through, you know, it could be, you know, something that got really bashed critically um, or something that did bad financially or both. Like our first episode was on Speed Racer, which is an episode, uh, which is, you know, a movie that I was near and dear to my heart, but like lost a lot of money and did really bad critically. Um, so yeah, we have a lot of fun with that and, um, yeah, underrated, uh, check us out. <laughs> People should, especially cause I agree with you on speed racer. Um, I think that movie is okay. pretty rad. Would you say that your <laughs> podcast you. is underrated? I would. I would. We need to get more listeners. Not enough people listen. Our podcast, the underrated podcast is very underrated. So it's very meta. but that what happens when you become like big and you know corporate and you have you know you sell out can you still call yourselves underrated at that point we'll have to change the name to overrated and we'll have to start (laughs) talking about like avatar and stuff like the james (laughs) nice exclusively about avatar it's it's just every episode is like well we watched avatar again (laughs) 
This is Avatar 2, and this is Avatar 3. Yeah, God, there's like six more of them coming, so. <laughs> Which, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Avatar, even though I could. I could. <laughs> no, but, but we're not going to. We're here to talk about another franchise that has had a lot of films. Too many films? Not what we're here to discuss. We're here to discuss just the first one, though. And that is Pokemon, the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back. This 1998 anime film is the first in the long-running Pokemon franchise and introduces the legendary Mewtwo, a clone and genetically engineered Pokemon that sets its sights on world domination and d- destruction. Only the plucky Ash and his faithful Pikachu, and uh, the rest of them, can stop him. This is the part of the show, I almost said part of the movie, this is the part of the show where we share our own personal histories with the topic. Derek, since you are our guest here and you brought this, what is your history with Pokemon, the first movie, and uh, why did you decide to bring it here today? So yeah, I've I've been, you know, a really big Pokemon fan since, you know, like kind of it, you know, first got, you know, hit the States. Um, you know, I had the I've had pretty much every, you know, version of the Pokemon games. Um still to this day I still, you know, play the games. Um so and then of course, you know, I was like eight ish when the show kinda came out in America and so I was really into it. And so of course when they're like, Okay, here we're doing the movie now and it's got Mewtwo and Mew in it, I was like, Oh my gosh, I am so on board for this. I was all about it like the wee baby Derek was like let me see this immediately so I still remember going to the theater and like being super excited to watch it and like my a day off or something I think I went with two of my friends I probably I think I saw this movie in theaters multiple times and I don't know if you guys remember but when you saw the movie they had these like little promotional cards they had that the little like ancient you card that you actually see in the movie they actually yeah. gave you the cards and I still to this day have some of those like because I remember like the guy working in the theater, um, like, cause, and I can I could relate to this because years later I would go on to work in the theater. Just it was like had a bunch of the cards, and you know, just was like, yeah, we've got a bunch of these left. You know, no, like nobody's really seeing this movie anymore. By like the third or fourth time I saw it, probably and he just gave me a bunch of them. So I've just got like a stack of them. I was like, oh my god, so many Mew cards. But I would just, I had this movie on VHS, you know, when it came out, and I would just. We didn't get a lot of movies on VHS because my parents were cheap. They would just usually just like wait for it to come out in the theaters or what, or to come out on TV and then just record it. Um, but like for this one, I was like, no, I've got to get it. So I think I got it for my birthday or something. And I would just watch it over and over and over. Like I, I loved this film. And, you know, there were like as a kid, you know, you watch a lot of movies over and over again, you know. Um, but a lot of the other ones that I watched over and over, like there's movies that I still know pretty well, like Jurassic Park or The Princess Bride, I'll, you know. Like, I have the Criterion DVD of Princess Bride, and I'll go back to that every once in a while. But I haven't gone back to this one in maybe 15 years or something, so it was it was interesting to go back and kind of, you know, revisit it. Oh, I, I think I'm going to have a lot of similar-to-you reactions to it. Uh, but Nick, <laughs> what about you? What's your history? How many times did you see Mewtwo striking back? I don't know how many times I saw it in theater. I distinctly remember the first time. Um, you always remember your first time. You always remember your first time. Um, no, but so like Pokemon, Pokemon specifically, I remember it was, I was in the fifth grade and my I think my brother and I were standing in like sort of we were lined up to go to the bus or something. Um, and 
a friend of ours was talking about Pokemon in the line. So we're like, oh, tell us more about this. And, you know, it didn't take much to sell us on it, but I think he was talking about the cartoon specifically. And what I remember was that, and then I think we told another friend who lived on our street. And I remember all of us running home, running to like running into the house, running straight to the living room, turning on the TV. And I think it was like an episode where they run into an exit. Executor, executor, an executive, an executor, whatever the giant egg pineapple right, looking right, right. thing. <laughs> anyway, so I, think that, I think that was the, the first episode we watched. But what makes that story notable was that when we got home, we had uh, forgotten to uh, say hi to our mother uh, and give her a hug and a kiss, as you uh, do sometimes. And uh, she was very upset with us for choosing Pokemon over her. Um, I guess she got over it because I also remember at least one Christmas where like, despite all I wanted was, I think like the Pokemon game that came out or like whatever that one main like big Pokemon toy was at the time, like 90% of my Christmas was all Pokemon stuff of which I touched. Not, I was very, very privileged in this regard. Um, so uh, definitely was really big into Pokemon. Gameplay, game wise, I, I basically petered off after um pokemon gold i was red and gold so i'm actually gonna be i'm gonna ask uh, derek and david what colors you guys uh, prefer to and also we're gonna have to talk about what our favorite starting pokemon was but we'll get there um and i did come back around for heart gold anyway rewinding pokemon isn't something that i've really like a couple of my siblings are still really into pokemon so i kind of pick it up by osmosis i really haven't been into pokemon for a long time gave pokemon go a shot for like a half second uh, because I need to get outside. I really do. Um, but for this movie, what I remember about it was, uh, I don't know how late into its theater run we saw, it, presumably relatively soon, because I can imagine my brother and I being very demanding um, to see this. But the the Pikachu short, Pikachu's Vacation beforehand, <laughs> we didn't understand because the sound wasn't playing during the short. And we didn't know if that was intentional or not, because Pokemon don't talk. Uh, or don't speak English or, you know, or whatever, any legitimate language. Um, and so we just thought that it was part of the experience until it just like, you kind of got the effect like, mm, this really Something's shouldn't wrong. be that quiet. Um, thankfully, by the time the actual movie started, um, they got the sound working. But the, so I do have some really striking memories of this movie and, and just Pokemon in general. But I think different to Derek, I really have fallen off the Pokemon wagon other than reading about it and whatever articles come across the different sites that I visit and stuff um, really haven't had a huge urge to, to, to get, to dive back in. How about you, David? I think I'm somewhere between the two of you is what it sounds like. I was big into Pokemon and I know we'll probably talk the, the games on and stuff on here at one point, but it's a brief overview with that is um, I remember when the game came out, I don't remember how I found out about it, but I remember wanting it so bad. And we were in Texas because I, I have family in Texas and we used to go there a lot when I was a kid. And I remember while we were in Texas, we were going around trying to find the game. And I, I'm pretty sure I, I wanted the, I, uh, I want to say blue, but I might have actually wanted red because red had a cool dragon on the cover and, you know, easily swayed as a child. Uh, but we were having a hard time finding that version. So we went to like a couple of different stores and I, and I watched the anime when that premiered, um, when was pretty into it, uh, to the point where I remember I was on a camping trip one time. We used to camp up in, in northern Arizona, and 
I met this other kid, um, and I don't remember his name now. It's been quite some time, but we really bonded over Pokemon and like specifically kind of the Pokemon cartoon. And uh, we, we like were pin pals for a brief period of time. And I just remember that was sort of the basis for our friendship. Obviously, uh, that creek ran dry because I can't remember his name and we're not talking to this day. I hope he's doing well, though. If you're listening, um, I'm sorry that I've forgotten your name. Don't message me. I feel bad. I got <laughs> really big into the card game as well. That was something that I was hugely into. I also fell off after gold and silver. I have made attempts to come back. I played, I, I don't remember if I played black and white. I own one of them. Um, I think someone like gave me a copy for some reason. I did play a bit of sun and moon uh, and I haven't played sword and shield. I did play Pokemon Go as we all did for that brief period of time. Um, as far as the anime goes, I don't remember how far into it I got. There was just one day where, you know, I turned it off and never turned it back on again. I went and saw this movie in theaters. I also remember the the ancient Mew card. And I used to think like, ah, these cards are going to be so valuable one day. I I doubt they have really any value at all outside of maybe a couple of bucks uh, at the, most. What's going on now? <laughs> There's yeah. some stuff. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no. I mean, if you I, we, we, can, we can talk about that later on. Um, I'd, I'd be definitely curious, but I probably had this movie on VHS. I know I was super into the soundtrack, and I'll, we're going to talk about the soundtrack. Specifically, mm-hmm. there's one song that I want to talk about. A couple years ago, my last brush with this movie, so I go to PAX every year in, in Boston, PAX East, and I go there with some friends that are still very into Pokemon and we hang out, you know, after the the show's over for the night and we go back to one person's place and we just kind of like hang out and watch movies and chill. And for some reason, someone put on the remake of this movie that came out a few years ago, the completely computer generated one, um, which is more, I mean, it's the exact same film beat for beat, uh, probably shot for shot at times. And I didn't fully watch it, fully engage with it. But it was on in the background, and that was my last brush with this movie um, until today, where I have now watched it in its entirety again for the first time in, oh god, easily 15 years. And we're going to see what we all thought about that, but before we do, Nick, can you tell us the world's history with this movie? Yes. Pokemon is this little indie darling franchise developed by, I'm going to change my voice back, developed by Game Freak and published by Nintendo. Uh, created by Satoshi Tajiri with assistance from Ken Sugimori, the original games released in 1996 in Japan as Pocket Monsters Red and Green. They would later release outside of Japan as Pokemon Red and Blue. The games were a commercial success, leading to a plethora of time media, including a highly successful animated series that followed the release of each successive generation of Pokemon game. Pokemon, the first movie, spins off from the regular animated series starring Ash Ketchum and his friends. It takes place during the first season of Pokemon Indigo League, and the film was directed by Kunihiko Yuyama, who is still the chief director of the Pokemon like cartoon franchise. So, um, uh, The film is actually broken into about three segments, Pikachu's Vacation, Origin of Mewtwo, and the main feature, Mewtwo Strikes Back. 
Upon release, the film was positively received by Japanese audiences, citing its exploration of ethical topics such as cloning and existentialism. The English language version didn't fare so well with criticism regarding the voice acting and the film having an anti-violence message, despite it being a franchise built on the subjugation and violent exploitation of seemingly sentient animals. Uh, Regardless, the film was a huge success, hitting number one at the box office during opening weekend and grossing over $172 million worldwide. You have a little bit more on the next page. Oh my gosh, I didn't scroll down. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Pokemon franchise is cons- and I wrote this and I already forgot that I had two more paragraphs. The Pokemon franchise is considered the largest media franchise in history, as well as the number four video game franchise behind Nintendo's Mario franchise, Tetris, and Call of Duty. It kind of blows my mind that Tetris is still up there. Um, yeah, a CGI a remake of Mewtwo Strikes Back was released in 2019 as Pokemon Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution, which is what David had mentioned earlier. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon is wildly successful. Like, it's kind of crazy. Its total revenue is at least $100 billion. Um, I mean, good for them. <laughs> good, good for them. It's one of those yeah. things, like, as an adult, Nick, and I think you kind of feel probably the same way as I do, where it's like, I'm aware that the games still exist. I know the games are like coming out and I don't really think about it beyond that, but like the cartoon is still going and there's like, I guess like the card game is still like, it is just a powerhouse that hasn't really slowed down because what got us into it is still really engaging for kids. Right. Like all my nieces and nephews are, are or were into Pokemon in some shape or form, I think. Yeah, because ultimately this is a franchise for uh, for kids. Well, d- d- I'm not diminishing people that still play the games. Calm down, angry angry emailers. Um, but Derek, do you have any sort of like connection still to the franchise outside of just playing the games, or is that pretty much it for you? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I've really fallen off of um, kind of you know the show. Like I haven't watched the show in you know like a decade and a half, and. You know, the cards, you know, I, I don't, I have my old cards from when I was a kid, but I never even really played them. It was more about collecting them because I'm like, I've got that collector brain, which is, you know, a big reason why I'm so into Pokemon because you got to catch them all. Um, but um, one thing I was going to say is like, it's weird because I, my day job is I work at Barnes and Noble and in um, like people are going crazy for buying cards. Like, I don't know. So yes. if you guys haven't heard like, Pokemon cards, but like also like sports cards and everything, because I guess there was some article somewhere that was like, "Hey, you should buy cards." And now collectors are going crazy to the point where somebody got like knifed in a Target, and like Target and Walmart were like, "We're not selling this," but Barnes and Noble still is. So you've got crazy people calling in every day, like, "Do you guys have Pokemon cards? Do you get another shipment?" Like, so that's nuts. I'm like, maybe I should sell my old cards now. Maybe they're worth something if they're ever worth anything. Now's the time to get in before the bubble burst. But yeah, um, I do still play the games. Um, but yeah, it's been so long since I've done anything outside of the actual video games. I don't even really play Pokemon Go that much. Um, but yeah, it's more of just kind of like the games on Switch and stuff. Pokemon Go was fun for a time. And then it's like, I don't really want to like have go out and have this open everywhere that I'm going. And I, d- I realized I wasn't moving around enough to really make it kind of worth it. So that quickly, after the first like couple of months where we were all playing it and actually like did do some outings to go like catch some and have some fun, it's really just like yeah, okay, I'm I'm done with that. 
Yeah, I really only use it to get, like, if there's, every once a month they'll do, like, a day where it's, like, you can get, like, a shiny Pokemon, and I'm, like, okay, I'll, like, go on that and, like, get, try and get a couple of shiny Pokemon so I can just transfer them over to my games. That's you can put them the in, in the Pokemon game itself? What was that? You can, you can actually, you can catch Pokemon in Pokemon Go and then transfer them into an actual Pokemon game? Yeah, yeah, so I, I, I know that you couldn't do that at first, and that was, like, a bit, I was kind of, like, why? But, yeah, you can actually put them in through like there's this like app called pokemon home because mm. one of the things that i was really upset about with the new pokemon games is you can't actually have all the pokemon in the game they, they don't have all the data from like a lot of the pokemon from the older games you can't transfer so you can't catch them all for the first time but they did um, release an app that you can have on your switch and your phone that lets you transfer pokemon between some of the older games the new games and pokemon go so um Humbrag here. I do with Pokemon Home. I do have all, um, because I'm like I said, I've got that insane collector brain. Um, I have all 898 Pokemon because I'm always just like, okay, gotta catch them all. So, um, I have managed to complete my Pokedex in Pokemon Home with you know the different things. Oh, that's cool. That sounds like black magic to me. I don't understand <laughs> how that could possibly possibly work. <laughs> so, did you even back in the day? Uh, when you're playing this, uh, the original games, this game, this we're not talking about the game, we're talking about the movie. When you're, you're playing the original games, did you still have that mindset? Like, did you get Mewtwo in the uh, in the first one? I did, and I I got Mewtwo. Um, I definitely you know beat the game and got him. I got Mew because you know everybody's got like a friend that knows like the cheat code that can like and can clone him and can get you Mew. So I got Mew. Um, so I, I did actually in my red version get all so all 151 including Mewtwo and Mew, um, because, you know, you have to trade with everybody because you can't get them all because there's version exclusives, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, you, you only have your one starter, so you got to trade to get, like, a Squirtle, and I actually had both red and blue, so I was able to trade with myself with some of them, but there's still some stuff I missed because, like, I can't get the third starter, I can't get the third, you know, Pokemon that Eevee evolves into. So that's one really cool aspect about the games, I feel like, is um, that it does make you kind of, like, socialize with other people and... You know, to this day, you st- like still like when I was trying to complete my decks, I had to like go on like Reddit forums and be like, "Hey, I'm like I've got this Pokemon. I'm just got like these three left of my decks to get." And you know, but back in the day, you'd be like out, you know, at like a park and like see somebody playing Pokemon. It's like, "Hey, you want to trade? I need this guy." And so that social interaction is really baked into Pokemon in a way that it is not in so many games. It's true, uh, and you got to hope that person that you're trading with is not going to screw you over and send like a Sand Shrew or something when they said they were going to send <laughs> something else. Oh God, I I have something I have to be honest about uh, while we're talking about that. Nick, don't tell uh, me, Nick. What? What? Don't tell me you did it. No, well, no. Okay, hold on. So uh, I, when I was a kid, we uh, I think I was going into the sixth grade or it was just after the sixth grade, but there was like a summer camp or like a, a, a day camp. Uh, and of course the cards were really, really big. So everyone was just playing Pokemon cards at the camp and the older kids were basically going around and convincing the younger kids that their common cards, which I think were usually denoted by like a circle icon, um, were considered more rare than, um, a, like a, say a Charizard or something like a third evolution, Blastoise, whatever Venusaur, which had the star, if I recall. Um, so basically people were duping 
giving kids oddishes and then getting you know like a super like a dragonite or whatever super cool star pokemon card uh in return and i think i only did it once because i will and this is just trying to make me feel better i guess i did feel uncomfortable about the whole thing also for some reason no one ever really wanted to play pokemon cards with me they all wanted to play with my brother who admittedly was really good um but i do i will always remember duping kids you know this whole duping kids for their their rare cards uh and feel very very bad so maybe that's why i avoid pokemon now is because of this like (laughs) really heavy guilt that i feel from being a sixth grader well speaking of like existential dread and all that let's steer into the movie a little bit we got we got sidetracked just talking about Real, real fast, can I just say yeah. so one story that he just reminded me of? Because I did a similar thing, but it was to my brother, and it was I convinced him that a Digimon card. I was like, Digimon's the next uh, thing, man. You get like you trade me for that Jolteon, and then he told my mom, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. My mom's gonna make me give him back the Jolteon, but she just yelled at me. But I got to keep the Jolteon, and I was like, to this day, I still have it. I was like, I don't know how I got away with that. That was the con of the century that I got. To, and I didn't feel bad about it because it's my brother. You know, it wasn't so, like a kid. So you don't I, feel was, bad I don't it's a feel that guilt because it's your brother. Who cares? But sorry. Oh. I just had to share that. No, no, it's all good. I mean, you're a monster. You're a monster, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> Mewtwo feels like a monster in the beginning of this movie. I, this movie starts with some heavy stuff. Does he seem right? like a monster? I mean, don't I, no. I? Don't you feel bad for him? I feel ba- Yeah. He's like, why do I exist? What what is the purpose of existence? And it's like cool, yeah. This is a kids' movie. Great. <laughs> Am I only a copy? Nothing but new shadow. Well, it's like interesting because that first part is like this is like a different movie, and then I found out later on like li- literally it is like it was not in Japan. It was like a different like prequel short that came out, and then they like added it. The I'm like that's why this is so different. It's just like what is anything? Who am I? Oh, fight for you? Oh, what should I be doing? And then it's just like, and then it like starts at the beginning. You get that same Pokemon announcement from the show. It's like, Ash, May, <laughs> Ash and uh, Brock and Misty are walking along. And it's just like, this is a tonal shift for sure. Oh, yeah. Wait, so so I just want, in, in America, did we, did we see Mewtwo's origin in theaters? Or was it just yes, the vacation yes. we, did, we did? Yeah, because we got the vacation and then we got that like dark, like, Blade Runner prologue, and then we got the actual movie. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Those scientists, they really didn't plan. Like, their their reaction to Mewtwo breaking out was just sort of like mild curiosity. <laughs> and then he starts talking, and we're just like, we're just going to be very upfront about your existence and why you're here and da da da. Like, there was no sort of, we wanted to create the world's greatest Pokemon and then had zero fail safes to control them. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't think, like, we're going to make you as intelligent or more intelligent than a human, and uh, you're going to be our friend, probably. You'll subjugate to (laughs) our will. And then Giovanni shows up and is like, hey, man, I'll be your partner. And after helping him learn to master his incredibly powerful psychic abilities, is like, by the way, uh, you're my pet. Like, did you really think that was going to go well? You're a slave. Yeah, yeah. Did you think that was going to go well? Nah, fam. He did not really plan. Like, no, no one really thought about the consequences during this one, which led to the plot of the film. Otherwise, it probably wouldn't have happened, right? If they just someone gave Mewtwo a hug, you know, from the start. I would love that. One of the scientists just like goes up and just like gives him a hug, and he's he's like, "Oh, okay, cool. I'll I'll do whatever you want, guys, as long as we're friends." 
that's what I thought was funny. It's sort of like Giovanni's like, I'm I'm gonna help you, like we will help each other, and we'll blah blah blah. But then it's just and then it's Mewtwo in like his his cool mecha suit or whatever, which I thought like I remember drawing that suit as a kid. Oh, it was so uh, cool. I was so enamored by it. Um, but it's just like all right, stand here and like throw Pokemon against walls. Like I feel like if I was Mewtwo, I would have been burned out on that super quick. And it's <laughs> unclear how long he was just knocking Onyxes around before it was like something shifty. Yeah, you think you would have caught on at some point. And it's like, he's keeping me what's in basically a cage. And what was the point of the armor? It channels his sure. powers. I don't know. I'm like, what? So that's why I was like, confu- I was like, okay, like Giovanni's like, oh yeah, this will like heighten you. And then he's like, is this like suppressing me? And they don't really answer him. Like, so was it helping him or was he lying? Like, I don't know if Giovanni was telling the truth or not. Like. It's it didn't kind of work. That he lied, but yeah, if it was supposed to suppress him, it definitely did not work in the end. Yeah, it looked cool. It looked freaking rad. So I don't know. And also, like I like I don't know if you guys noticed, but like Gary, like Ash's rival, was yes. there. I'm like, why is Gary here? Like, wasn't that why is wasn't he that in the cartoon? Wasn't there like a scene of him uh, facing off well, against Giovanni? So there was the one scene I remember is where Ash is somewhere and like this there's an explosion he looks over and he sees Mewtwo and the armor flying up I think there was supposed to be more of a tie-in but they had to they had to like change that because of the um the polygon episode that triggered seizures in people I was I was reading so I don't Um. think they got to do everything I don't remember Gary ever fighting him in the show but I definitely caught this time around like hey it's Gary that little jerk Whose only crime, yeah. whose only crime is being good at catching Pokemon. Right? Gary's and, and kind of low-key my favorite. It's funny because he like he's competent. Uh I mean he's definitely, you know, he's a bit of a bit of a dick, but like yeah. he's confident. And I remember there being an episode uh, later in I guess I guess the original season where I think they touch back with Professor Oak and they're like comparing, and it's like Gary you know, has caught like, you know, some crazy high number of Pokemon and, and Ash has caught like 20. Um, but supposedly Ash has seen more Pokemon. Um, which is more which impressive, I guess. I, the, I don't know. But it was, it, was, it was interesting how the show especially would play with sort of how humans and Pokemon would interact. And I think this movie... So skip ahead a little bit, but like the movie had, and I and I mentioned it in the the history. You know, the, during the climax, they have this this commentary on how like Pokemon shouldn't fight. Dot dot dot. Like, like this. this. Pokemon aren't meant to fight. Not like this. Yes. You know, <laughs> like you shouldn't you shouldn't you shouldn't fight, despite the fact that it is a franchise built around monsters fighting. Um, and but the show always had things like when with Butterfree, you know, like they had a whole like Butterfree needs to go mate episode, you know, so Ash lets his Pokemon go. Whereas like I have multiple Pokemon cartridges, all with Pokemon trapped in balls and on a little computer um, <laughs> that will never ever escape. Oh, Bill's, um, Bill's PC, yeah, Bill's PC is Bill's full P- of it's, <laughs> that is a, a purgatory for Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> um. So it is. It is interesting. The show try. You know, it's like we're all friends and we're friends with our Pokemon, but go there and murder that guy. So it it, it was, I think, a bit tone deaf in the climax when the clone Pokemon and the regular the regular Pokemon were sort of duking it out. I mean, I get that it wasn't like a sanctioned fight. Um, <laughs> there or were <whatever>. rules. <laughs> 
But um, I don't think we would have the same opinion of like a sanctioned chicken fight or whatever, rooster fight. Anyway, some ra- some random blurbering from me. Uh, no, I, I agree with you because watching it, it was comical. However, like it, and it goes on for so long. Everyone being like, oh, what the Pokemon are fighting. They're not supposed to do this. Oh, but it's like, that's what we do all the time. It is the number one sport in the world is Pokemon right. fighting. And mm-hmm. like, just because, and like they happen supposedly in the wild, people just walk up to them in the wild and like make their Pokemon start fighting. It's like, so how is this really that different? And this is where I want to get to the soundtrack because that scene where the clones start fighting before everyone's like, this is so terrible. There is this song that plays that is like, it's about like, like brother, my brother, why are we brother? My brother. You're doing this to me, my brother. (laughs) Like, Oh my God, that song. Tell me, what are we fighting for? Whoa. I was... All right, more, more truth time. No, um, say... okay, when, you... when we were When we were children, um, my brother and I would get... My brother and I were like nine months apart. And he... Uh, I would say that he was kind of the bully and I was kind of the pest. So I maybe I deserved everything I got. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, I, I pissed him off. And um it, it, it made it to my mom so i had to have a conversation with my mom and in our house was was um was a was a two two floor house and i think he he was upstairs in our bedroom and we had like an intercon system um and basically to try after having the talk with my mom she's like well you need to like apologize to your brother I proceeded to take my boombox, play the Brother My Brother song on the boombox over the intercom, uh, and sing to him um, to try and convince him to not be mad at me anymore. So I have, I have a very, very personal experience with the soundtrack. That's way more embarrassing than my revelation, was just that I liked that song a lot as a kid. And <laughs> it's also a good song. <laughs> I, I had the CD, and I remember in my mom's house, we had like a pretty good stereo system. Um, so like you, you would put it in, you could crank it pretty loud, and you can hear it throughout the house. And I just remember putting this sound, like the soundtrack in and going to this song and just like cranking it up. It was like, yeah, <laughs> I feel, I understand. I don't want the Pokemon fighting each other. But also, I want to fight him and catch them all. <laughs> that stupid song, man. It's so, it's just like, it's kind of just out of nowhere. Because it's like the rest of the movie has been all like kind of orchestral. And then it's just like, oh, wow, this is happening. And it's just like, okay. Because I, I knew that like Weird Al was on the soundtrack. So I was excited for that. But I was not like expecting that like just really just like sappy just saw and i was just like all right okay cool we're doing this now all right this is this is on par for the movie so far i feel like in the late 90s early 2000 like it, for some reason it makes me think of the first spider-man movie too with toby Maguire, where like i remember these soundtracks were like they had this really sort of saccharine like borderline emo or just like <laughs> totally like unrelated tone to what i felt like was going on in the movie um so yeah anyway yeah yeah i mean it was so like because they're clones fighting each other. There's a moment where Pikachu, when Pikachu sees the clone of himself, that I feel like it Pikachu's being like, hey, that's a good-looking Pokemon. <laughs> Look at that handsome devil. Right. He almost went full Loki. <laughs> also, 
almost you never go full Loki. <laughs> um, um, what was I gonna say? I also like that like they introduced the the Charizard, Blastoise, and uh, Venusaur uh, with like the scars or whatever to denote that they're the clones, and then with the rest of the Pokemon, they just gave up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. they got tired of drawing extra stuff on them. Um, and right. Charizard continuing to be a dick, which is a, a theme in the cartoon as well. I thought, based on the cartoon for so long, like if you get Charizard in the game, it's gonna be hard to control him, and you know, you're, it's, he's gonna be all sassy. But like, really, no, Ash just didn't have enough badges, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. That's the thing is, like, you know, a lot. I was, I was never the kind of person who would like over level one Pokemon. I was like, I gotta have a balanced team, but like you know, my brother, so then he would just, like, level up his starter, so there were, there was a lot of kids who just, like, would have a really over-leveled Charizard, they didn't have enough badges, so it would just kind of, like, you know, behave really badly and just not do different moves and whatever. Yeah. Though Charizard did always come through in the end, he was always a, a true bro to Ash. I don't know mm-hmm. why Ash held on to that Charizard for so long <laughs> and would ever try to use him in fights. Doesn't he eventually give Charizard up? I mean, he all of his Pokemon at some point get freed. Like when he gives Squirtle to the Squirtle Squad. <laughs> but I thought Squirtle. I thought the Squirtle left the Squirtle Squad. I thought, but I think it goes back. It's not important. <laughs> I need to know. Well, <laughs> I'll too Google bad. it later, or I'll forget to Google it later. <laughs> um, yeah. So I will say, but you mentioned the animation. All said, like I think. I was actually really happy while watching this film. And I'm sure part of it was just sort of the nostalgic, the, the young Nick inside of me sort of bubbling up. Um, or it was the seltzer water I had. But um, <laughs> it, it there's something about that like late 90s, early 2000s animation style, um, like traditional animation um, that like the whole stuff like Mewtwo and like flying off and like the way that they would sort of like try to cut certain sequences so you could kind of like make it look as if i don't know someone's hopping around shooting blasts or whatever but like it's probably using the the least amount of animated cells or whatever i don't know the terminology um to to get it across but like it's a fairly well animated movie all things considered i mean yeah they put money into it um it was yeah no it looks good one like it still looks good and they actually um for the american release i just found out that they added a lot of like the, the CG clouds and stuff like that were specifically added for the American release. So they did some cool stuff where they like kind of like made it a blend of like that traditional animation, but also, you know, put in some kind of like, you know, forward thinking animation to some parts of it. So yeah, they did. It definitely good. looks crisp. Yeah. In America, we love our CGI clouds. But to that, I think they did a good job of not making it stand out terribly mm-hmm. where you see that in like some stuff where just like, it doesn't blend very well. If you, stare at it for a second you're like okay well that's obviously you know cg clouds but they didn't make it so prominent like they they were able to blend it into the scenery a little bit like when meowth is talking to the other meowth and it's like we all we share lots of things like the same sky it's like oh that's what we need to stop war is be like hey guys look at the sky we all share the same one you're right we do have a lot in common the same earth the same air, the same sky. We do. Yeah, we're, we're... No, go ahead. No, what were you going to say? No, no, I was just going to quote uh, Meowth saying the, the message of the film where it was just like, we're. God, I actually can't remember the message. Something about how we're all the same uh, on the inside or something or on the outside. I don't remember. It's 
name's it's Scott. Me it's Meowth giving uh, life advice. So, good old Meowth. Why? Why? As part of their Viking plan, why was Meowth <laughs> the the like the, what do you call it? The I, like little you know Viking at the front of the ship, like a maiden yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. But I, also, okay. why did Ash, Brock, and, and Misty? go for it. like even if they didn't know it was team rocket idiots. which like how many people that look like that that have a meowth that have been constantly pestering you for like two seasons um you know but also just like wow here's this really nasty storm we don't have any pokemon that would effectively transport us but here's this random ass viking ship <laughs> with these two people and a meowth attached to it and we're just gonna do it you gotta get there. You gotta get to the Pokemon, but the greatest Pokemon trainer of all time. You gotta get there. You know, even that's like and I think explains like why Ash, who's not the greatest trainer, can like found a way there because everyone else is like, yeah, we've got strong Pokemon, and Ash is like, I kind of do, but not enough to get through the storm. Yeah, we right. lucked out, and also Misty, uh, whose entire shtick is water type Pokemon and was a gym leader. You don't got yeah. anything in this situation, right? Come on, Misty. Some random a, kid. Gets Starmie that. was hard to take down in red version, I remember. Yeah. Misty was Misty was tough. There was a great also, Brock only wanted to go because he had the hots for a woman on a hologram. I forgot <laughs> how how like, horny he weird, is. I mean how horny he is uh in a kid's show, just like that was his whole shtick was to to mack on the fact that there's like um armada of duplicate police officers and pokemon center they also they're all cousins the joy is so attached to the pokemon center that if she's missing they have to shut down a whole facility which presumably depending on how busy the location is traffics like a crap ton of people in pokemon every day mind she's the only employee at that pokemon center like there's she there's no one else who ever works any other shifts like nobody else can load the tray of pokeballs into the machine (laughs) press the button and then pull it back out and i like how brock is like they're like oh this is a missing person and brock's like a missing person well she's pretty hot i'm like that's not an appropriate response brock (laughs) right (laughs) oh my gosh there was a really great line when they're on the uh, the boat. There's a couple of like really funny localization jokes throughout the series too. I remember like they call like rice balls donuts. That uh, messed my brain up so much so as a long. kid. I was so confused. Yeah, I thought those were Japanese donuts for a very long time. I was so confused. I was like, why do donuts look like this in Japan? And then when they're on the boat. Uh, he asks, like, I didn't know there were any Vikings left, to which Ash replies, they're mostly in Minnesota? I didn't know Vikings still existed. They mostly live in Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> and and um, so there's a scene where uh, Jesse and James are watching a computer screen as, like, clone Pokemon go through it, and they call a Scyther an Alakazam, and I stop. Yes. I was washing dishes while I was watching the movie, and I, I had to dry my hands. Did you, did you drop the dish and it shattered dramatically <laughs> on the ground? No, no I, I didn't. I swear I didn't. Um, and, and rewind, just to double check, I'm like, okay, yeah, that, I knew that was a Scyther. Um, I really don't remember uh, many Pokemon. Um, and then I, when I was researching for the history of the topic, and they, they were basically like, yeah, there was a few point moments in the film where Pokemon are misidentified, but we left it in because we thought it was realistic that Jesse and James would get pokemon wrong <laughs> which yeah, is no, actually like, fairly true purpose like i'm like it was like that one mistake or like are jesse and james dunk uh, so that's really interesting Just, i think it's definitely a mistake on both sides right because i feel like if you're going to misidentify a pokemon there's usually like a wink 
like, hey, we know that they're wrong, but it's really just like, oh, Alakazam, moving on. Yeah. It's something that they didn't catch until like, hey, this film's going out now, and we've named them wrong. Eh, whatever. <laughs> it's Jesse and James, um, who were often the best part of, of the show and, and still hold a, a near and dear spot in all our hearts. And I liked when Ash was running by them. I was like, I don't have time for your stupid motto today. <laughs> That's harsh. Like, <laughs> That's so good. It's their whole shtick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you guys want to just get into like the just kind of general discussion about whether or not we think the film holds up um, or uh, we'll get to that. We'll get we'll get to that okay. actually here fairly soon. I was going to ask if anybody had any like last things for us to talk about before we get into that. Um, I did want to mention that they do this thing at the end of this, which all anime films have some level of this, which is when Mewtwo is like. Ah, this was a crazy experience for you all. It'll probably be better if you don't remember it. Completely wiping the relevance of this film from the canon. So it's like, if you didn't watch this movie, you don't have to worry about that. And you can still watch the cartoon, which like a lot of anime films are like, ah, this is our biggest adventure yet, but it won't affect anything in Mm. the main (laughs) storyline. Yeah, I remember as even as a kid, I was like, well, this is like that. Like I was hype on this movie as a kid. But like even that, but that part, I was like, oh, what? Like they don't remember. And like, I don't know. It's just like, it's like, okay, why does Ash never talk about that time he saved the world? Oh, because he doesn't remember it. And I was just kind of like, ah, I don't know. It was just like, even as a kid, I was like, that's, that's kind of disappointing. And then Misty, when they realize like, how did we get to this place? Misty's response is, I guess we're just here because we're here. Yeah, what insanity was that? They're like, they just are like, yes, we are. We are here. And they just accept it. I'm like, what? It's like, you just wake up like you got reviewed or something like, ah, here we are now in a new place. But that's where we are. That's the way the world goes. Like, what? Also, did did Mewtwo wipe out everyone's memory that was already at the the, the marina? Because as far as it seemed like they got teleported backwards in time and just didn't have the experience or something. Oh, Boy, because uh, the, the the police officer and the lady who was just there to talk about some weird legend that was z- had zero relevance <laughs> yes. to the overall story, <laughs> and then the storm goes away, and she's like, "Ah, oh, this is a good thing." Yeah, when she starts telling yeah. that that legend out of nowhere about the Pokemon tears, it's like, "Hey, thanks, <laughs> thanks for setting up that plot point." This will I be relevant even, later. Even, Don't worry. I didn't even realize it had to do with Pokemon tears. I must have checked out for a second. Um, also, yeah. So, so just to be clear. When is when is Big Pharma getting on on those Pokemon tears? Because they literally cured pe- someone who was petrified to stone. It, did you see how much? I mean, you have to go through the emotional turmoil of fighting your exact clone and then watching a Pikachu shock someone that's been turned into into stone uh, enough that they their hearts finally break and they cry. Like it's it's too much work. They'd have to like uh, yeah, the markup on that would be insane. Yeah, it's it's so weird because it's just like it's something that's like not a part of Pokemon lore or like ever mentioned before or since other than just like, you know, that one like, you know, lady who's just like, ah, yes, the Pokemon tears, they will, the world was flooding, but now there are, and it's just like, that's weird and random, like, what does that have to do with anything? And then just like, it comes back at the end into this weird deus ex machina, and like, why do Pokemon, like, it's like, tears 
cure Ash who's stone because he got hit with a psychic? Like none of it yeah. makes yeah, sense. Why, just why, like, why did a psychic is... blast turn him into stone and not yeah. into just a pile of guts? <laughs> yeah, Pokemon. None of the ending makes any sense. I'm just like, what is going on right now with the Pokemon tears? Because there's none of that anyway, and nope. it's just it is just a Deus Ex Machina completely. Pokemon lore is so confusing and ever shifting already that you know it's yeah. whatever. It's like, oh, all Pokemon like come from Mew, but there's also like these eight different god Pokemon who like created Pokemon and blah 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 blah. And there's the also, one that created a... time. I don't know. And, and there was also an episode of the, of the show where Pokemon came. They, they came on a meteor, basically. They just traveled here on a meteor. I remember that episode. <sighs> Well, I think there were uh, there were Alcohol? some space Pokemon. Yeah, Deoxys I know came on like a meteor and like Clefairy and a couple oh, like from there, from the, the ones that you can use the Moonstone on came from like space. But and also like there's different lores depending on like if it's the show or the game. Like there's different like things that like are different, you know. And like I think probably the card game has a different lore too. So that's extra confusing. Now, before we get into our final thoughts here about whether or not this movie holds up, I will pose the question, Nick, that you brought up earlier about uh, starter Pokemon. So what was everybody's starter Pokemon? I, For me, I think I probably went, I can't remember back in the day, I probably went with Charmander because, again, I wanted that big, cool dragon boy. Um, but I, I actually think, no, actually, my first playthrough, I chose Squirtle. I went the Blastoise route. Ooh. How about you, Derek? Yeah, because I'm like trying to remember because I I played I played that game through so many times. I'm trying to think back to like what my first one was, and I think it was also a Charmander. Like because I was you know like that was one of the I remember that being like the first Pokemon I ever heard of was a Charmander, um, and like and I just remember like imagining in my brain like what it looked like, and it was completely different than when I saw him like the next day what a Charmander actually looked like. And so just that was, you know, always just kind of there at the front of my brain. So I think the first one that I ever played through was the Charmander, which also made beating Brock really difficult. Oh, yeah. It's well, the difficulty of the game is decided by your starter Pokemon. Because um, like Charizard is the hard route. And I think it's mm-hmm. uh, it's Bulbasaur is like the easy route. And then you're going kind of middle of the line if you choose uh, Squirtle. It's my, yeah, because you can just take down those first few gyms like nothing with Bulbasaur. Yeah, it's pretty easy. Nick, what about you? Uh, I was I was a fire starter. I definitely started with the, the, for the two because I basically played starter, red and eh? gold. What are you trying to admit I, to? I start fires. Um, <laughs> I yeah, I started with Char or Charmander and um, I think Cyndaquil in the gold. So I was Cyndaquil always is super underrated. I love him. Cyndaquil. I did not buy sword or shield um but i was some semi tempted to just because i was like score bunny is awesome and cool. i want to play with score bunny um so i'm still easily swayed by by good pokemon design i guess <laughs> and also because uh oh that oh i'm blanking on his name the one that carries the leak is it just called leak uh, it's far-fetched far-fetched but like, there's like the the evolved version of far-fetched which is like a knight and i was like oh that's so cool yeah <laughs> Oh. Surfetched is, I think, Surfetched. what it's called. Oh, that's Surf- so Surfetched. good. Yep. It's so good. Surfetched. Now we have to ask the question about Pokemon, the first movie, colon, Mewtwo Strikes Back, or does Pokemon colon the first movie, depending on how much you want to have to say of that title. 
is this a movie that stays in the Hall of Memory, or is it worth visiting today? Derek, what do you think? Well, it's weird, because I had, like, I've been thinking about this a lot since I watched it. I watched it on Hoopla, too, like, um, a few days ago, and it's weird because I, like, I, it's still so ingrained in my memory, even though I haven't seen it in such a long time, that I'm, like, remember every beat of it. And I was watching it, and I had the experience where I'm like, I, this isn't good, but I am enjoying watching it. Like, I'm having fun. Like, this is a fun movie. Like, I, I think, you know, part of that is obviously the nostalgia, but I think also it's just kind of like a fun movie that's really stupid. Like, it's it's got all these kind of, like, fun moments and, like, goofy characters and, like, stuff where it has, like, Jesse and James. Um, and it does hint at some, like, you know like deeper things you know like the you know the japanese side like the, about the cloning and all that but it it's it's kind of just like got this kind of nice mix of just kind of like this what made the 90s so magic i think i if i, I would probably it's not going to be something i go back to though it's probably going to stay in the memory palace but it was it was pretty enjoyable um and i don't know if like like how much of that is the nostalgia like i was saying like you know i, I know that's like the kind of the crux of your guys' show is like separating out the nostalgia from you know whether or not it's good and it's just like i call that the you know the goonies effect uh because uh no disrespect to the late great richard donner but like the the goonies is a movie that i didn't see until i was in my late 20s and i watched it with a bunch of people who were like yeah we gotta watch you've never seen the goonies let's watch the goonies and i watched it and i was like this is awful like no disrespect to people who love the goonies but like like if you i ask anybody who saw that movie when they was a kid they were like, yeah, The Goonies is great. And if I ask anybody like me who didn't see it until they're adult, they're like, this is not very good. And so I think it's hard to differentiate that. Like, I, same thing happened with my roommate when I asked him, like, what's your favorite Steven Spielberg movie? And I go down the list, I'm like, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Jurassic Park, Munich, um, Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan. And I'm, like, listing all these, like, classics, Jaws, you know, Close Encounters. And then I get to Hook, and he's like, oh, Hook. Ugh. And, like, and, like, if you're going to say, like, of any any Spielberg movie like Hook I'm like that's not what I would have said but like I get the the power of nostalgia like he saw that movie when he was a kid and he just like it holds a special place in his heart and it and you know I think that differentiating the feeling you get from like what that childhood like those childhood memories is really hard to pull apart you know um and even as like you know a semi-professional film critic like I am now um it's still like differentiating those opinions between um you know like i like this because it's something from my childhood and it's something that i like is hard because it's, it's interesting because i haven't really um i don't really like what a lot of the stuff the pokemon anime did like i think it's kind of been detrimental to the pokemon like games and same thing with pokemon go so i was expecting to not like it. i was expecting to be like oh yeah like pokemon saying their names and like just all this stuff all this stuff that came from the shows that they kind of had to force into the games, I don't like, but I still enjoyed it nonetheless. Hmm. Well, Derek, in a way you're a man after my own heart because I have very similar feelings on Goonies and uh, and Hook, as I've mentioned several times on this show, so I won't go down that road again until I get don't brought on both here. of you. Whatever, don't even. Nick, what do you think about this movie, and is it worth... I mean, I think Goonies and Hook are great, if that's what you were asking. No, that's not Um, what I'm asking. Granted, I've seen neither in probably 20 years, so uh, there's that, too. Um, 
Yeah, I am I going to revisit this? Nope. So I think also in the, the conceit of the show is we're sort of saying like, hey, like we watched this as kids and now we're adults. Does it still hold up? I likewise, like I, I guys I've said before, like I'm not really in, I'm not into Pokemon. So ha- having the opportunity to review it for the show was a great excuse to check it out again. Cause otherwise I don't think I ever would. And I really love some of the, just like the, the, the animated sequences in and of themselves, like the dialogue was usually pretty, you know, crappy, but there were some pretty good gems of, of dialogue, whether it was intentional or not. Um, you know, the story was pretty simple and sometimes nonsensical, but I mean, I think this is a movie that kids would pro- kids today would probably still enjoy. So I think it's kind of multi-faceted. I, for me, this is I think just going to go back into the memory banks. Um, but do I think it holds up today? I think it holds up pretty well, uh, especially from a, a child sensibility. I think they would still really and clearly because Pokemon is just as popular today with today's children uh, as it was when we were kids. Uh, I don't see why they wouldn't enjoy this as well. Yeah, I get you. Pokemon is and always has been a kid's franchise. And I know the games have a very dedicated adult following. And I'm not looking down like on that aspect of it. Um, They'll do that enough for me. (laughs) The Pokemon fans hate the Pokemon games as much as they love them. But I think the franchise beyond it is really, really geared and aimed towards kids. And this is like very clear. They weren't trying to ever reach adults. Um, so I, I have a hard time. I I can't call it bad because it accomplishes its mission. I mean, there's some really ridiculous stuff with the whole, you know, violence is, is terrible in this context, but it's totally cool and sanctioned ruled matches and go ahead and catch wild ones and take them from their home. That's all cool. But like this context, the violence is really bad, but in general, it's just not made for me. And that's a distinction that I'm okay well, I mean, it was at a certain time, but now as an adult, it's not. And I, I'm okay making that. I think I'm not going to revisit it. It stays in the Hall of Memory. Um, I wouldn't really recommend it to to people who might be like, oh, man, remember the first Pokemon movie? Was that any good? I would just probably put it on their shoulders and say, my, like a hand on their shoulders and say, no, don't watch it. Your life is fine. Keep going uh. on. If somebody for some reason is a completist and wants to go all watch all of Pokemon, good luck. There's 7,000 hours of it. Uh, you'll probably find time to sneak this one in there. But in general, it's fine staying back there. It's not made for us as adults, and that is okay. Derek, thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah, yeah, thank you for having me on. Where A can, lot of fun. Yeah, it was great having you. Where can people find you should you wish to be found? Yeah, um, so like we mentioned at the top, you can check out my podcast, Underrated. Um, that's on any of the uh, you know podcast apps or on YouTube. Um, you know, me and my friends, uh, we call ourselves the Undercast Company. So you can find us, you know, on Facebook or Instagram at Undercast Company. Um, got a Patreon for un- our un- uh, the Undercast Company too. Um, you know, if you want to just check out some more of my stuff that I've just done um, outside of the podcast, you can check me out on Medium, just Derek McDuff on Medium, or uh, check out my Instagram, which is Derek's Photos. Um, yeah, check it out, people. Nick, thanks for being here as always. Thank you, David Pika. P- Pika, I don't know. <laughs> Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at poundblamshazam underscore art or on Twitter at. Pound Blam Shazam.
And people can find me under Davluz, that's D-A-V-L-U-Z, Twitter and Instagram. The show you can find around the socials under, I almost just said Pal Blam Shazam, don't know why that got stuck in my head. It is Hit Me One More Pod. It is very catchy, yes. Uh, but hit me one more pod around the socials. We also have our own Patreon. If people want to support us there, you can get episodes early and some bonus content, all that good stuff that is going to do it for us today. Listening audience, thank you so much for being here. We do this show for you. We do this show because of you. Remember, you can't move forward if you're always looking back. We'll see you next time. Hey!